FYI, and I don't mean fake news, this podcast contains huge spoilers. Hey everybody, welcome to episode... 301 of the podcast that goes snicked. Snicked. That's right. I'm your host, Jason Venable, and joined once again by the infamous Excalibros, Dan and Georgie. Hey, guys. What's up? Yeah. Infamous. That means, like, really famous. <laughs> <laughs> it's a mail plane. <laughs> hey, how are you guys doing? Not bad. Not too bad. Good, good. Well, um, I slammed these guys with like more homework than a terrible chemistry teacher in high school. Um, <laughs> uh, we have like, even after cutting some books, we have like 16 books to get through for, for some X books. But you know, um, not too too bad. Um, so uh, any any news or anything we need to cover before we jump into the books? I have no idea. <laughs> I don't know. Not really. Yeah, I didn't think. I don't really see much going on in the last few weeks, um, other than us having a baby. So I'm sure that was national headlines. <laughs> yeah, CB Sabolski was talking all about it. You missed it. Oh, <laughs> I'm not sure how I feel about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah, so. I don't know if y'all have had a chance to hear the uh, the 300th episode, but why I got you guys here, and one of the things we talked about was just how much fun it's been to kind of incorporate different people into the podcast. So I just wanted to start off the episode with a huge thanks to you guys for just your interactions and for, for coming on the show as often as you do, and I'm just super, super grateful for helping me keep the podcast going. So just thanks, guys. Don't be silly. You don't need to thank us. We should we should thank you for allowing us to talk about. I'd say allowing us to talk about X Men because, yeah, the books aren't the best. But anyway, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I just had Nam flashbacks then. Like <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, I mean, I haven't had a chance to to listen yet. I think it just came out uh, yeah. yesterday. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Or is it today? But uh, whatever. But. Um, yeah, we we love coming on. I can't believe we're we're still doing this, uh, it, in in like a, a good meaning. Like I can't believe we right. still get to come on and talk to you about this, which is so wonderful to do. So, thank you, thank you very much, Jason. Yeah, awesome. Well, um, before we get into the book proper's, or is it books proper? What's the plural? Proper books? I don't know. Books oh. properers. <laughs> Book, books proper sisters. Um, <laughs> uh, we did get another issue of X-Men Grand Design, Second Genesis Number 2 by Ed Pisker. And um, I kind of proposed to the guys we do something a little bit different. Instead of just saying it's awesome in three different ways for 20 minutes. <laughs> um, and, and I think we can all agree, right, that it was awesome. Um, any any um, contrarian opinion to that? I mean, no book is 100% perfect, so obviously there are little nits you could pick, but I, I really right. enjoyed it. Awesome. 
Well, so what I asked the guys to do, instead of uh, going through the book like we may normally do, is I asked the guys to come up with 10 things I love about you for X-Men Grand Design Second Genesis number two. And so um, we will probably have some things in common. Um, but what I figured we do is just go round robin. Uh, I just do all three do one and then, you know, two through ten. And if we have any repeats, we can just kind of say, hey, you already said that or whatever. <laughs> but um, so the first thing I really loved about X-Men Grand Design, Second Genesis number two, was remembering how awesome it was when Carol Danvers was closely tied into the X-Universe. Right. I did that. I got that as well. I just put Carol Danvers on my list. <laughs> I just have <laughs> one-word answers. <laughs> nice. Awesome. Okay, so what else? When it, what's, what's something off one of y'all's list? Go for it, Dan. Lyrical flow. I literally have it as like two words, one word answers. So I just, I just love the flow of the book. I think it has a great rhythm to it. Almost like it's lyric, lyrically done in places. Nice. Yeah, I can see that. So mine is mo- mostly just like panels of the book that I loved. Yeah, um, I got some of those too. Yeah. So I got to bring up the cover, which is just amazing. Oh, yeah. So which cover did you get? Did you get the standard Wolverine and half one? Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. cool. Because I got the uh, the variant that was based on the Mark Silvestri cover where they're all flying in the air. Cool. And it's pretty rad, too. And, yeah. Yeah, but no, these covers have been pretty awesome. All right. Well, so my number two was I'm not sure about changing Lee Forrester to Madeline Pryor. But I like keeping Scott's gender confusion with Mad Pryor. You know how um, it's kind of a nerdy thing, but back in the old comic, when he was coming to the boat and he saw the name Lee Forrester, he just assumed it was a man. Um, and here he saw the ad from Mad Pryor and again assumed that the ship captain was a man and kind of got put in his place like, hey, women can captain ships too. So, <laughs> not sure about the, the character switch, but I like that Scott still kind of got like, hey, remember, we can all do everything. So. Cool. All right, nice. Dan, what you got next? Um, Hairstyles is what I put, but it's mainly <laughs> actually, I know it sounds crazy, but it's mainly a, a compliment to the art. Um, all the characters, including the hair emote. Yes, which I, find, which I find amazing. Even their hair looks scared or <laughs> upset. And I was just like, it's crazy how much details there. That's why I put hairstyles. Nice. <laughs> so. Very cool. What you got next, Georgie? Uh, I just want to shout out the the panel or panels of Kitty running away from the brood um, in oh, the X Mansion. Yeah. Yep. That's in mine as well. Yeah, that was my number three, so that was a good segue. Nice. It's, it's, really, it's really cool. I really like the way like, when she phases out of the bathroom. Like, just the little details, like having the toilet and the pictures above the toilet and the little flowers in the hallway. It just Yeah, it's a really cool sequence. Okay, so I'll skip my number three then. Uh, Dan, what do you got next? Um, color work, because like, like every single one, there's like a really great sense of sort of dramatic tension using colors much like the phoenix in the last version last version the last issue is like in here they have much like the chase with kitty where the backgrounds and 
like the foreground and hair colors change depending on how much in fret she's in, which I think is a great another. It's all about detail. Maybe I should just put my list as detail. And that'd be it. It's all about the little details, which I find find great about it. Nice, very cool. All right, what about you, Georgie? Uh, next, I want to shout out the panel of uh, Magneto like threatening the world with all the missiles. Yes, that's pretty great. That was my Twitter banner for just a little bit. So it's a, it's a really cool panel. Um, right prior to that, I really love the panel of Storm electrocuting Dr. Doom. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's a great panel. That's my num- number four on my list was uh, just the lightning and even like, the action lines behind it going back to Dan's details and the way his face is obscured in shadow under his cloak. It's just a really, really rad panel. All right, what you got next, Dan? Um, assassination. Whole segue up to where um, uh, with the Mystique and Miss um, Marvel and everything in between, and then that panel of just pool of blood uh, with um, what's his name Kelly in it. I just really like the whole sequence. Yeah, so. very cool. All right, Georgie, you're next. It's in the hair realm, but slightly adjacent. I just wanted to shout out uh, Corsair's mustache because that thing was amazing. <laughs> yes, that is hair adjacent. That's a good. That's a good new term. <laughs> yes, it's pretty. Is uh, it's pretty pro wrestling. It yeah, kind of bridges yeah. the gap between like porn stash and like just I'm gonna I'm gonna beat you guys up. <laughs> So, number five for me was that I really liked that uh, Pisker's shield uniforms look like 90s cable. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like every time a shield guy shows up, whether it's Nick Fury or anybody, there's just pouches and shoulder pads galore and, like, gun holsters and, you know, the knife holsters on the boots. And it's just they're, they're decked out, ready to party. Yeah. So, I thought, thought that was really fun. Well, seeing as though you've basically taken nearly everything off my list or everything <laughs> else, the only thing I have left is the thing that we've never really mentioned is I quite like the annotated notes at the end of every single issue. Yes. Put it into context. I just wanted to highlight that they're actually really good. And yeah. I think it, Ian's reading it and he really enjoys it. He's never really read any X Men and it really helps. It's really helped him like sort of flesh out its entire history within like, what, four issues? <laughs> right. <laughs> right. <laughs> So, yeah, exactly. I thought I'd shout them out because they're really good for new readers, obviously. Very cool. All right, what you got next, Georgie? I love Pesker's uh, mystique. I love how he draws her. I love how she's portrayed in this, this, this issue, which is glorious. I agree. I agree. All right. So next for me, obviously, as the podcast that goes, Nick, being the Wolverine fan, I really like on a – I think it's page 13 and 14. Uh, Wolverine fighting the brood just looks great. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the big sweezoid as he cuts through them and kind of gets to cut loose a little bit because they're not real people. Um, so I really enjoyed that. <laughs> All right. So, Dan, you said your list is done? <laughs> yeah, because I've overlapped with many things. I'm sorry. Oh, oh man. Oh, no. I, I thought that might happen a little bit. Um all right, Georgie, what do you have next? Uh, I just want to shout out the panel of Xavier's Bad Dreams where he has uh, all the psychic uh, like enemies coming at him. Yeah. I call yeah. that just this. 
Lang Lang, that when Angel is in the Morlock Tunnel, he's in blue whitey tighties. Thought that was a nice <laughs> little fun detail. <laughs> Super detailed. Uh, All right. Yeah. Uh, yep. <laughs> All right, Georgie, what's next for you? Um, I also, like, I don't like it, but I just felt it was very in character for Xavier to choose Rogue over Carol Danvers. <laughs> like, <laughs> this, this person who's, like, been helping them for, you know, however many issues. And he's like, nope, sorry, I got Rogue now. We don't need you anymore. And she's like, she's I'm out. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's so Xavier, that's all. He's like, oh. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. <laughs> Very cool. All right. Um, so, obviously, um, again, being a Wolverine podcast, the scene of him giving Rogue his healing factor Mm. And especially the one where she actually like absorbs it and like the, how the background goes kind of psychedelic, but they're outlined in white was a really, really great little sequence. I really like that a lot. I also like that he says, ah, shut up, nerd. And I don't see Wolverine ever saying that. No, never. But I, <laughs> but I thought it was really funny. Cool. Um, next, I want to shout out uh, Scott, like draped over uh, Jean's uh, like cross. Uh, uh-huh. On a grave because I think it's a it's um an homage to a DC panel. Nah, it's a Daredevil. Da- oh yeah, yeah, Daredevil. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah Pesker uh, tweeted that out, but I just thought that was a nice homage. Yep, awesome. And that was next on my list. So, um, uh, what's your number nine? Uh, I just love that he kept in continuity that Storm likes to get naked and like fly out in the storms. <laughs> Yeah, buddy, and take take her showers a la naturel. Yeah, yeah. It was yeah, it was a brain. part of those old comics. She did that a lot, so I liked that he kept yeah. it in there. Yeah, kind of a weird Claremontism, but yeah, it was fun to see it stick around. Um, all right, so my number 10 is I wrote in all caps that panel of Rogue tackling the S.H.I.E.L.D. agents on page 37 mm-hmm. um, with the white like around her and then the white action lines uh, kind of on the top and bottom. I, and then the, the way his glasses are just kind of stuck floating in the air. I thought that was a great little panel. Yeah, it was lovely. All right, what's next? Uh, my final uh, one is um, the two-panel, uh, for lack of a better word, montage of Kitty trying on the different costumes. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's just another one of those things I really remember and love that for a couple of issues she had this costume and that costume and this costume uh-huh. had she had skates on and you know yeah. it was all those terrible costumes until she came up with the shadow cat one so right that was nice and they weren't terrible but it's fun to remember when kitty was fun yeah <laughs> <laughs> more on that to come later i guess <laughs> yeah all right well cool so dan i'm sorry we bit your style so much but um oh, no yeah <laughs> Yeah, how we all cross over. Yeah, so that was a uh, that was grand design. I, uh, so, what do y'all think? Is that a is that a a keeper segment? A good way to tackle that, or should we should I go back to the drawing board? No, I think I think that's a good way of tackling it because then cool. it's more like a highlight wheel, and then people can experience it without having it all dissected, right? And opened up. 
Yeah, and they there's can go so in... much to go over. It's like oh my... years of comic oh, yeah. books. We can't just <laughs> cover it in, in five minutes of chatting. You know? I, I, he condensed it. Let's condense it again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, very cool. Well, I will take this moment uh, to plug the last two episodes of Excalibros. That's how far behind we are. <laughs> so uh, we're going to just talk briefly about Exile 7 and 8. Um, number 7 is uh, written by Saladin Ahmed, of course, with uh, guest art by Rod Rice and Lee Ferguson. Uh, letters by VCs Joe Caramagna. And the cover is by Mike McCone. Again, I think, just like last time, the cover is the weak link. Um, but this book is awesome. And... Yeah, basically, uh, really just go listen to Dan and George who talk about it on their show. They go, they give it a lot of justice. Talk about it. This is a really fun conversation to listen to. Um, but the art's amazing. The story is amazing. Uh, Old West Black Panther is amazing. Little Wolvie is amazing. Um, it's kind of gut-wrenching. Um, uh, Valkyrie's Pegasus dies, which... I gotta say, I was more moved by that death than I was by Morphs, but I don't have the history with Morph you guys do, so I understand. Right. Uh, that was also a gut check. I thought making Professor X like a crazy old-time preacher was genius. Um, and one thing that I thought, and then y'all also talked about, um, was during certain panels, Rod Rice really seems to channel Bill Sankiewicz. Yep. And it's wonderful. Um so yeah, um, go listen to Dan and George talk about it as this issue kind of wraps up one storyline and then sets up a setup as they meet the evil watchers or the rogue watchers. But um, I would give this book number seven six out of six claws, and you can go see what Dan and George rated on uh, two episodes ago of Excalibur's. So number eight is a little bit different. Um, the Trial of the Exiles. Uh, same writer, Ahmed, but uh, Joe Quinones is a guest penciler. Um, he does some of the inks as well as Joe Rivera. Uh, colors are Jordan Gibson, Chris Sotomayor, and Munsta Vicente. And Quinones, so four different people doing colors, which I don't think I caught that the first time, but that actually makes sense. Um Letters by VCs Joe Caramagna again, and the cover by Mike McCone. Um, this cover is a little better than the last couple, I thought. Um, got little Wolvie and Iron Lad and Blink and Valkyrie on kind of a, a platform being judged by the watchers with tribal forehead tattoos. Um, <laughs> but basically, this is kind of a... Let's take a moment and give everybody's backstory. And under the pretense of them being judged by the Watchers. Um, and it's not bad. It was definitely my least favorite issue of the series so far. Um, I have not heard... I'm, I don't know, time-wise, I'm two-thirds. But I'm content-wise, two-thirds of the way through your last episode. So I listened to you talk about Old Exiles and Excalibur. But I haven't heard you talk about this one yet. But um, looking forward to seeing uh, if y'all... N- come down with me a little bit or if y'all stayed up the, the, my favorite part was little wolvie's origin <laughs> yeah that that was our standout as well yeah yeah the only thing i maybe could have 
said is because there's that part where you know he's talking about what he's doing and his memories and he woke up in a haze and he's got quote-unquote blood on his claws i think they had made that a page turn so you had to turn the page to see that it was just donut jam <laughs> maybe it could have been a little more fun but um, i really love that sequence um and i was happy to see uh um agent carter captain america and um Becky come back, and it looks like this is going to be a way to get some more characters kind of back into the book. Um, but it just seemed like a lot of like, okay, we need another month to get uh, Javier Rodriguez back for the next big story, so let's just kind of catch everybody up. Um, that said, I gave number eight three out of six claws. Okay. So, any comments other than just plug in the show? Just put the show. All right. (laughs) Excaliburos, go listen if you're not already. You should be. If you've heard these guys on here enough, you should be listening to their show as well. But it's never too late. So if you're not, start now. No, it's too late. We don't want anyone new anymore. (laughs) Y'all had your chance. You had your chance. All right. Well, um,. I'm sorry, Dan, but we have to double dip on extermination number two and three. So yeah. So uh, extermination part two of five, or maybe it should be shorter. I feel. <laughs> anyway, um, written by Edison, um, art by Pepe Luaz. Cool, is uh, Mighty Gra- blah, 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 blah. Mighty Gracia, um, lettered by VCs Joe Sabino. And the cover artist is Mark Books. And on the cover, we have Ahab catching his whale with um, five of our original X-Men turned into hounds. Yeah. So, um, as always, I like Mark Books um, as an artist. And I love the colour work. I just, conceptually, I'm just like, Meh, okay. <laughs> like, it, look, it looks nice. Like, I really like Iceman. And I really like, like... Beast could be anyone. I really like the other ones. Um, so can <laughs> Warren. Warren is also just, hey, here's that blonde guy. <laughs> yeah. Well, he's got rock and roll hair, so the cars can brush it. But I don't know. It just feels a bit lackluster. Um, how do you feel? How do you feel about the cover? Eh, it was fine. It's good. I guess well drawn, but it doesn't really do a lot for me. Yeah, this feels. Uh, and I've been saying this a lot recently, but it, it feels like a Marvel card collection image more than a, ah, a cover image. I can see that, yeah. <laughs> that works. Anyway, onwards and upwards, I suppose. Uh, or well, downwards. That remains to be seen. <laughs> um, we start with Shopping with Mimic, which ends abruptly um, because of emo young cable. <laughs> Um, and then we jump straight to the Xavier Institute where uh, Scott is mourning the plot-driven death of Bloodstorm, but is quickly snapped out of it because Jean doesn't give a damn. Um, and then we have the the page, which is the panel that was shown around the world, which is all of the X characters um, discussing what to do next, with Rachel just sat behind the desk saying, like, I know these people, um, but I'm not going to do anything, um, which is a running <laughs> theme throughout this issue. Um, Kitty, Kitty then talks, not so fun Kitty talks, and it's like, we know what to do, but we won't, we won't do anything right now. And so that leads Scott into the rain, 
Um, just because, you know, it's everything's better in the rain. Everything's more dramatic. Uh, which then leads Angel to getting tranked, electrocuted in the rain. Everyone's very upset. Hank gets tranquilized as well. But in the confusion, Scott runs off because that's what he does. And he blows up a tree in anger. Um, and he manages to catch out Tiny Cable. <laughs> have we given him... Have, have, <laughs> I don't know what to call him. I feel Tiny Cable is the best. The best. Oh, I'm not better than Kid Cable, so we'll go with it. Yeah. So um, Tiny Cable takes off his glasses. Um, sorry, his visor in one one punch. And um, jeans are like, I'm in the rain. I'm ready to fight, and that doesn't actually work because he body slides uh, while run away. And then all the X Men who are late to the party, even though surely some Omega level telepaths would have noticed. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> There's at least no, two Omega level telepaths there. At least two. But they get they're, they're a bit late to the party, and um, now Kitty's like, "Well, we were talking about teams, and, you know, trying to calm the situation down because she totally changes the subject that Warren's disappeared. Because let's be honest, no one cares about Angel, and not even the writers. Um, and she's like, "I'll go with these kids because there's an X Force book coming up soon, so I will go with them and promote that book for them." And then we find. <laughs> um, both beasts talk to each other for a little while, having a nice little chat. And then we see <laughs> Tiny Cable rip rip the metal stubs out of Angel's back. Ouch. And then the mansion is attacked by Ahab and several hounds, where all the kids decide to fight because, you know, they're a little army. And old man Logan is still around. I thought he left. But anyway, Gene, whoops, Rachel... Um, <laughs> There's so many of them. So many redhead telepaths. Um, Rachel tries to jump in, but is knocked out by a harpoon that doesn't... Oh, it does! Go straight through her. Ouch. Yeah, right through her shoulder. Dear dear listeners, at least that makes sense that she was knocked down. Wait until what happens to Iceman in the next issue with not being... (laughs) Like, this is... You know, ever since Bendis left (coughs) X-Men... Sorry to jump in, but Rachel's been treated pretty crappily. Like... She doesn't never knows how to use her powers. If someone throws something at her, she's like a master level telekinesis person. Obviously, you just—that's his only weapon. You should be ready to block it and then hit it. Like I don't understand why that. How is she taken out so easily? <laughs> because of rage, harpoon yeah. rage. Ahab and, is her blind spot. I think that's what we're supposed yeah. to believe. And Ahab snaps his beard and turns old man Logan into a hound somehow. <laughs> he snaps his beard. <laughs> That's what it looks like. His beard snaps. Oh, beard snaps. <laughs> beard snaps. Nothing else snaps. And then we have this panel of a super feral uh, old man Logan with tattoos, who looks like he's gutted people because there's blood all over his, his claws, um, ready to kill Beast and Rachel, young Beast. And that is issue one. Do you want to talk about issue one? Issue one? Issue uh, two? Or do you want to just jump straight into the I think the next just carry one? through George, unless Georgie has something he wants to, to put let's, let's push on through this garbage. Yeah. The only right. thing I would say is um, I feel like maybe Brisson had read or had a preview of, of the last issue of X-Men Blue when Angel's like, what am I going to do about my wings? And he's like, oh, well, let's cut them off. <laughs> can, I, can I point out something? Because I don't really understand uh, Calvin Rankin and mimics powers, but um, he doesn't have wings at the beginning of the, the issue we just read. Lo and behold, he's about to have wings in the issue we, we are going to read. Yeah. Um, but anyway, um, so extermination issue three. 
Uh, all the same creatives are back, um, for better or worse. Uh, the front cover is an action pose of the X-Force lineup with Jean holding, doing her best hope impression. I don't... Yeah? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And um, I really like Cannonball in the background. I genuinely like it. But other than that, it's kind of like one of those... Trading card game, yeah, now you've said it. Every single cover's going to look like it. Thanks, Georgie. <laughs> Man, I can't help you. That's what it looks like. But no, I quite, I, I quite like Cannonball, but I don't... It, the rest of it doesn't... How about you guys? Um, well, that was an interesting choice to go with the old-school X-Force costumes versus their new designs. Mm-hmm. Nostalgia. Yeah, I guess so. Well, they're exterminating something. Um, so she's got a gun. Yeah, a gun, a gun with a knife on it. Ooh, I thought it was a chainsaw. Oh, <laughs> maybe, yeah. It's not Could a chainsaw. <laughs> it's not a chainsaw. But if Shatterstar is not careful, he's going to cut Domino in half. Yeah. saying. This is true. I liked his other swords. You know the ones he had with Peter David's one, where it's like um, they come out the of his arm. Swords. Yeah, that come down his arm. I thought they were more practical. Okay. Anyway. Anyway. Um, <laughs> we'll get lost. So, anyway. Um, old Man Logan with bone claws? Uh, or skeleton? Yeah, on his right hand. Claw? Bone yeah. claws on his right hand, regular claws on his left hand. Because he got his right hand cut off. So, they're not uh, cut. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not up to date with anything he does. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Beast's not very happy. Ahab's smiling, snapping his beard all over the place, and Logan's about to attack. Meanwhile, in Cerebro, uh, the best team of X-Men are discussing what they should do next. Then we quickly jump to a plane with the X-Force. decision is nothing, which bugged me. Yeah. Sorry. Which is, no, no. <laughs> it is literally the running theme of this series, is we will talk about what we should do, but we will do nothing until something happens to us. Until we'll lose another member of the original five. Um, and then we might react. So, um, Big Beast decides to uh, jump in the way of, of Old Man Logan's rage fit and let Little Beast run away. But uh, Big Beast is killed, gutted, shicked for death. I don't know. He's just. It's not. It's not clear if he's actually murdered. Um, no, it is. In... He comes back in two panels. So. <laughs> and, then, and then we have Ahab talk about his creepy French children. Um, one that can sort of make you calm while the other one puts psychic bombs in your head which allows you to experience torture so that you can fast track them into um, pounds which you know perfectly makes sense then Iceman the Omega level mutant is taken out by a stick Um, Beast electrocutes uh, Beast and Storm double team and electrocute um Oh man, Logan. Killing then, him. Uh, oh, no. Yeah. No. Well, <laughs> if only. And, and then the Raz sort of actually rehashes the same drawing, but with Storm in front of the harpoon this time um, in that little panel. <laughs> no, it literally is. Honestly, if you go back to both panels, they're practically like the. the hey, Ahab I got a harpoon. question. Is Ahab's harpoon like Monier? Does it just always come back to him? <laughs> it must It must do. Wasn't it, it like implanted into Rachel's shoulder? <laughs> Right. <laughs> She's more dead now. Um, now it's come back to him. And now he snaps his fingers. And, oh God, around the world, everyone turns into... Well, not everyone. People that sh- just make no sense are turned into hounds. So we have D 
demon nightcrawler which just makes my eyes roll though i do like the bamf panel the yeah. best panel of the book um then shatterstar who has his old swords on him which i just talked about um <laughs> decides to attack in the plane um Kurt literally murdered, tries to murder baby Cyclops by teleporting himself and Cyclops into the ocean, which would instantly kill them. But Gene, Gene's on hand to, you know, do what Gene does best and save the day. Um, now, the best train, my, my favorite moment is about to come up, which is the, the kids of the X-Force are all like, what should we do with this dude? He's, you know, what should we do with Shadowstar? He's not doing anything. And Cannibal has the right idea and just knocks him out of the plane, just takes him out of the plane. I, I enjoyed that sequence. I know I've jumped over the part, the bit where everyone laments that Scott's on a on a bed but still do, does nothing. But I thought oh. I'd skip to the actual action. <laughs> um, but I really like this, the fact that Camel's like, screw this, boom. And I was like, that feels feels like a good moment in an entire pile of nothingness. Um, and then Ahab becomes more demonic every time he's drawn. And then Tiny Cable shows up to take baby it's so many different aged people <laughs> baby hank and then yes you're right and he shoots beast some more because yeah yeah what? he gets killed again yeah <laughs> and this how is why i think he's beast dead can die. Like, yeah it's like beast is literally like slumped up against a thing kitty doesn't seem to give a crap she everyone tell all the hounds teleport out because everyone has teleportation body slides iceman finally wakes up um and then we have Mimic getting his um, feathered wings taken off him, which he didn't have before. While Tiny Cable's like, blah, blah, blah. Um, and then Gene and Domino are like, yes, we're going to go kill him. Let's go kill Tiny Cable. Then on a ship above New York, because 50,000 feet above New York, because, you know, the superheroes wouldn't see that. Um, we have Ahab plotting. And then there's Tiny Cable plotting and an explosion and it's x-force and yeah and he says oaf is that like a misprint was he supposed to say Oof. i thought so he was like, gonna say oh fudge and when he got cut off <laughs> and so he's like oh <laughs> I, I don't know it doesn't it didn't make any sense Dan, to me either yeah maybe it's some future curse word like shock <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I apologize if that wasn't very clear, but I got no, it was clearer than I got it. I thought that whole panel sequence with Mimic was Baby Cable putting feather wings back on Angel. Like he cut the the fire ones off, and he was giving them back. Now I thought the whole point of Kid Ka- or Tiny Cable was to like to get the O five ready to go home. They have to be exactly yeah. how they were when they left. So he's so cutting off. Mimics wings to put it to surgically graft them because that's going to work, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, how, that's how it works. Sci fi tiny cable powers. Yeah. Um, artistically, I actually think it's a bit because I, I really like Pepe Lorraine and I thought this was a bit over the place. There's a panel with with um, Storm just after she electrocutes Oman uh, Logan where she kind of looks like a weird cherub. Um, and there's a few panels where people look like they have masks on as opposed to their own faces, which I thought was a bit odd. Color work's okay. The, the, I think the problem is it it, it sort of descends, especially for, for me, it descends more into like a um, 90s art style, like a really heavy sort of grog 
feeling to the whole book that just doesn't seem to work. And no one does anything. They just react. They plan on doing something and then just react to, to, to those things that happen, which I think is bad storytelling. But um, <laughs> Yeah. I mean, it's it's like bad storytelling 101, this whole series. Like, people have motivations, but we don't really know what they are. Like, why is Ahab here? We kind of think we know what Cable's doing. We don't really... None of the, none of the X-Men have any idea what they want to do or should do. It's just like... I, I wrote on Twitter why that this that feels like, like the person who doesn't really like X-Men has a chance to just kill a whole bunch of them off. <laughs> And why is it always that's that's because there's loads of us that separate into several several groups and it's only like six members? There's like an army of yeah. them. Like, <laughs> oh, only X Force will go to get Tiny Cable. No, let's send fifty of us because there's about a hundred and a million of us in the school. So we'll send fifty that way, and we'll send the rest of them on that Ahab's case. Yeah, right. Then we'll we'll be able to sort out. Well, I and guess that's the that's the plot point of them trying to hide the the O five, and. But even then, I just, based on what we've been reading and read, I just don't see Gene saying, oh, the school is being attacked, but we got to stay here and babysit Scott. So we're just going to let them die. And <laughs> let them die. Just I just don't, I don't see her doing that at no. all. Um, the other thing... <laughs> I, I don't yeah. care how powerful these kids are, these French, French children... Ah, um, I don't see two genes, a Rachel, who are all sat in the same room, not noticing that someone's psychically influencing. Yes. When when they they have they have expl- I know I know I I don't think continuity should be a massive thing, but there's been expressive <laughs> just <moments>. about. <laughs> there's been expressive moments that they're so powerful that they could just you know feel stuff like. You know, Cassandra Nova is a more accomplished telepath than, no offense to the, these two new mutants, but she's a more accomplished telepath. And, and Jean recently has been able to see the subtle variations within other people's minds that she touched, for example. And I just, I just, I don't know, I just, it feels all very convenient. My main gripe is how does no one notice, no student, look out the window at the school and be like, oh crap, the, a, the tree has exploded. Like literally right. a tree has just blown up. How has no one been like, oh crap, let's get the yeah. teachers? And, you know, X-Men are traditional and kind of nosy characters. Are they glad to get in each other's business? You tell me no one went to the window and went to see where Scott was running in the rain? Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, I'm going to see where he goes. I'm going to, you know, I can write about it in my uh, internal dialogue later. <laughs> and... and, and- and, and bizarrely, the, the only character that goes after him first is plot-driven, because Angel and Scott, even in Bendis' run, hardly spoke to each other. Right. Like, <laughs> like well, Angel hardly spoke at all. <laughs> um, but it just everything I, feels like shuffled for, for, for plot's sake, not for yeah, any right, yeah. reason. Yeah. This is the end mark we need to get to, and however I feel like I need to get there, I'm going to do it. Right, and I think I think I said to Georgie that it, now that we know X Force is coming, I generally feel that is just a setup for X Force. Um, yeah, nothing yeah. else. Which is that is it, being written by Brisson? Yes, of course. Is it okay? All right. <laughs> yeah. So is it? Yeah, that's the end game. The end game is to set up for Uncanny. Though though now it sounds like issue five is going to come out after Uncanny comes out. Um, yay, Marvel. Um, <laughs> To get the 05 out of here and to set up the new X-Force book. Um, and I hate 
to, to bring up the C word in front of Georgie. And I know he doesn't like to talk about continuity. But I, I for the life of me, have no idea where this story is supposed to fit in. With what's going on with all the other books. Um, no, I mean, that's the kind of continuity you should be worried about. Not worried, <laughs> but like, like in, that, that should grab you. Right. This feels like it's set after, like, the hate machine. Well, um, yeah, and I feel like the end of X-Men Blue happens both before and after this. I mean, it's, re- <laughs> it's yeah, really no, exactly, weird. Yeah. <laughs> I like the idea that it happens both before and after. That's <laughs> You're right. It does feel like <laughs> it just tickles me quite a lot. Anyway. <laughs> All right. Well, um, I think I like the art. A little more than you, Dan, I thought. I do see it does look like maybe the Roz has been a little overworked. So there's a few like panel slips every now and then. But overall, I enjoyed the art quite a bit. And I, I, I love Grussy's colors. I don't need him on every book, but I like him with La Roz particularly. Um, in combination, I thought the story was a mess. Um, Georgie, anything you want to add to that? Yeah, it feels like event comic books in the worst sense, or at least the bad sense of, of, of the word. Um, I didn't hate the artwork, but, uh, you know, for me, it was overshadowed by just how much the feeling of, like, disdain for these characters jumped off the page. So I was not happy with this, either of these books. All right. Well, um, I'm giving them both the same score. Uh, do you, are y'all varying at all, or is two and three kind of lumped together for y'all? They're, they're all the same. Yeah. All right. Well, Georgie, what do you want to give Extermination two and three? I'm going to give them both a two. Okay. Mr. Dan? I share the two. Okay. I'm going to do three out of six for both, just because... I think just the difference being just I like the art more than you guys did. So, um, yeah. But, but yeah, the story's definitely a mess. Um, yeah, well, I guess we'll see where it goes in the next two issues. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're th- more than halfway through, and we don't really know what people are trying to do yet. Yeah. So, what... I know I uh, have a little bit looser timeline than you guys. What... What what kind of reaction are y'all seeing to this book? It's weird because, like I said, there's a panel that like echoed across Twitter of all of the characters together, and everyone was like really excited and happy for it. And I was like, it's okay. It's like not as if we've not seen like a a room full of X Men before, right? Um, you know what I saw about that panel? Everyone asking why there were two kitties. <laughs> <laughs> But no, I, I feel like overwhelmingly, from what I've seen, we're kind of the minority, which I thought was kind of interesting. Um, people seem to be really thinking this is like, oh, my badass X-Men. So, I don't know. I, but I think maybe people just, are excited just, just to see characters that they don't get to right. see that much. So, like, oh, yeah. th- this character's in there. This is great. Well, no, if it's used badly, <laughs> if the story's crap, I don't care. Maybe, Keep maybe, them away. Um, we just want to see good stories. And the other people just want to see, they just want to see X Men that aren't young. Everyone hates hates the original five, so seeing them get punished or put away in the box <laughs> is probably is probably a good thing because people really do not like them. And I generally have never understood like the pure hatred for like the original five to exist. And I get that it's like annoying, but maybe. But 
they've got a real hate boner for them right. being around. Yeah. <laughs> maybe it's just maybe it's just like that cathartic sort of putting those toys back on the shelf to never be used again kind of thing. Right. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. All right, well, Axis Termination. Um, now we need to move into the end of the X Rainbow as all our colors. You know, I was going to assume that X Men Red is not super long for this world either, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. But, uh, George, you want you talk about um, X Men Red 7 and 8. Does anyone else want a show where LeVar Burton talks about the X Men Rainbow? <laughs> <laughs> Right. Uh, so X Men number persuasion. seven. What was that? Was that the Rainbow Connection? Is that what the, the Kermit the Frog song is? I don't know that one. No. Yeah. No, it's where he plays on the banjo in the swamp. Oh. Uh, anyway. That's that that other movie. Um, yeah. I'm too Brit. I'm too British to know. Oh, okay. All right. So. Uh... We don't do puppets. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit! <laughs> that has to go in the highlight reel for the 400th episode. That is astonishing. Uh, I had to do that because y'all were talking about a Dick Van Dyke's accent on the last episode. All right. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so X Men Red number seven, writer Tom Taylor, artist Carmen uh, Carnero, color artist Rain Barreto. And letter of VCs, Corey Pettit. Woohoo. Woohoo. With the cover by Jenny Frisson. Um, so we've got uh, Storm on the cover. Sort of her uh, hands are staticking up and with the silhouette of the moon behind her. Um, you know, all these covers have been sort of like single character highlights, which haven't been the best. I mean, I haven't fully fallen in love with these covers, but uh, it, it feels in line with everything else that we've seen. What do you, what do you think about the Storm cover? I like the Storm one a lot. Um, I don't know how much I've been following Prison, but her Wonder Woman variant covers have been amazing. Um, I don't think this is quite at that caliber, but I still like it quite a bit. I, I like it more than number eight. I'll, I'll just say that. I like it, but then I love Storm's new look as well. Yeah, it's a cool design. Sure. Love the, love the costume. <clears throat> All right, so... Um, we start off in Cerebro. Um, boy, you know, the, the, I'm sorry. The story elements of this has just escaped me after we, we went through uh, extermination <laughs> here. I need to gather my thoughts. I even reread these things last night to make sure I was ready. But, oh, wow. Uh, yeah. So Storm gathers gentle. Uh, sorry. Uh, Jean gathers gentle and Storm as they uh, fly in a telekinetic bubble. Uh, Namor sees that his city is being destroyed and he just sort of watches uh, for some reason, like Namor has not been used in this book at all, which is maybe its biggest flaw. Um, yeah. We cut to the sky where everyone's up in the, the Sentinel. They're, they're hovering above uh, Dignitary's plane. Um, they're trying to figure out what to do. The Dignitary gets activated, starts shooting uh, at, at the X-Men. Uh, one of the new X-Men is hit. Uh, what's her name? Trinary is Trinary hit, so yeah. because she's hit, she loses control of the Sentinel, which falls on the plane, and they're all going to crash. Uh, then we're back in uh, Atlantis, and Namor finally goes out to do something. He goes to fight Kid Abomination, uh, Jean, and I don't know, he, she brought Gentle out for, I don't know what reason, he's just kind of sitting there in the ocean. <laughs> uh, finally, 
uh, Gento goes out. He tries to choke out a kid abomination. They punch. Uh, he punches him out of the ocean, and then Storm electrocutes him. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. <laughs> um, the plane is still about to crash. Uh, they they get control of it, and then um, they they get control of the Sentinel. Then they 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 land somewhere, and uh, they explain what happened. And they're like, who did this? And then Gene puts out a viral video, thanks to Trinary's powers, to let everyone know who's behind this, uh, the end. Um, I, 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 story-wise, this is fine. I, the, the more I read issues with, um, after Azrar left, the more disappointed I am with the artwork in the second, uh, second arc here. So that was, I'm just not, I'm just not feeling it. What about you guys? What do you think of artwork? Um, I definitely don't like it as much. I I feel like it's stronger than her first issue. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just I don't know. I don't I don't dislike it. I can see. I definitely understand your reaction. Coming off of Azrar is definitely not as dynamic. Um, so I totally get that. Um, I don't know. What do you think, Dan? Um, I think she's. The issue after this, she's much stronger in. I think she may be getting mm-hmm. stronger and stronger. Uh, as was like one of my favorite artists ever. He's also super polite if you ever meet him, um, and like his art is ridiculous. And it's not fair to be like, oh well, it's because she's not as well. She, I think she's very. She's got like a really nice traditional sense sensibilities, and I think she can pose an action scene quite well in places. Um, I just don't think her characters emote as much. As the story sort of sometimes demands, yeah. But I think that changes in the next issue. I think she does a m- much better job of emoting her characters, and I think that's sometimes where there's like the dissonance. I actually was kind of like that issue was kind of like a sort of well, this happened, and I agree with you. Namor is so underutilized, apart from that awesome moment where he stopped an army from going into his ocean, um, which was great. But I feel that's maybe editorial wise because he's being going to be used somewhere else soon as a villain, right? Yeah. Um. Yeah, he's got to show up in Avengers. Right. So. Well, any other comments for this book? Or are we ready to jump on to number eight? Oh, you want to move to number eight? Oh. All right, number eight. Um, looking at the, we've got the same creative team, uh, only this time on the cover is X twenty three, um, and kind of an, what feels to me like an odd pose. Right. I don't know why she's like leaning one way, or hips are out, and her claws are making a weird. Like, she looks. She, it just doesn't look very, for lack of a better term, human to me here. <laughs> just, I don't I know the that. proportions or the, the way that she's standing, but uh, I'm not really a fan of this cover. No, I don't love it either, which is a shame. But I like elements of it. I think if it was a different pose, it might have been, I love the way she draws the head. And the mask. Mm-hmm. It's quite nice. But, yeah. Who sharpens their claws like that? It's weird. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so uh, jumping into the story, we've got Cassandra Nova and Forge, uh, who are ready to let their uh, their little nanite uh, bugs out. Uh, there's a scene on TV where some anchors yell, which is supposed to be for comedy, but for me it was more just like confusing. Um, 
Then they decide that they need Trinary to put on Cerebro that she can access all the nanites and destroy them, but it's, it's too much, so Jean has to link everybody's brains because we've never seen that before. Um, then she detects, Jean detects that Casanova, Casanova, <laughs> that is not her name. Santa Nova is out there. Grant Morrison is guffawing yes. at you uh, catching on to his little sense of humor. Yeah. <clears throat> um, then the X-Men decide to plan on how they're going to take her out. Storm goes over to like throw some water at her while the, uh, the other X-Men <laughs> the other X-Men sort of join hands and help take out the Nanites. Um, and at the end of it, Cassandra Nova survives somehow with Forge, and they're going to rebuild. And then, wouldn't you know it, our, our friend Rachel is taken over once again and is uh, becoming one of Cassandra Nova's, uh, I don't know, lieutenants uh, the end. Um, the more I read through, read this, this second storyline, the less and less I'm liking the book. And I don't oh, know if no. that's just me being in a bad mood after extermination <laughs> or... I mean, this this kind of goes out on a, a whimper for me. Like, Cassandra Nova, just, she's just fine after all that. Like, a giant tidal wave crashes over everything, and she's cool, and they're just going to continue she's on. She's died. Georgia, she's died. I know. Well, so but it's like, tidal wave, oh, no. Like, the, the point is, they stopped the plan, but she's like, don't worry, I can just keep doing my plan. Like, well, well, then why did we do this issue? Are we going to do this all <laughs> over again? Well, but this time with Rachel, the nanites are destroyed. And she's got to well, use a more, she's, she's more subtle them. touch. She says she's going to rebuild them. Like, we just did this. I don't... What, what was it? Was there a gold issue where we, we... No, it was astonishing where we did, like, the same story twice in a row. <laughs> the same six-issue story yeah. twice. Are we, yeah. are we doing this again? Because I don't need... We, we did this. Let's move on. I think it's more framed... Um, I actually really like this issue. I think it's more framed on the science of her fanaticism. As opposed to Astonishing's lack of originality, I feel like she has no other plan. She, this is literally it or nothing, and that she's she thought her arrogance thought she could just do it straight away, and now yeah. she has to factor in the fact that you know she totally underestimated Jean. And I think there's moments in this book which are just beautiful character moments. The fact that they're still dropping in the fact that you know Gabby may or may not like girls, and the whole sweaty hands thing was just so adorable and. I really enjoyed the idea that, you know, they let Gabby step up first to take take the hit. And and I know it's a bit sort of Care Bear stare when they all hold hands to take the pain for her. But, you know, I, th- I thought it was quite nice because the book has always been, a, it's kind of been about unity. And, like, that, that's what Jean's sort of message is. And I thought it was just reinforcing those moments. And I, I generally loved when Storm was like, screw it, I'll just drown you. Um, <laughs> yeah. I thought it was a really because I've we, it's hard it's a long we don't get to see Storm like, no no be a goddess often so it's nice to actually see what she can truly do when she yeah. and like the plan like the idea of like keeping her distracted like if if anyone else knew the plan Cassandra Nova would know and therefore I thought it was like those clever moments I I think it's because we've just gone through extermination so this looks even probably better than, than, <laughs> than that but I generally. Compared to the last issue, which I wasn't a massive fan of, this really, for me, jumped it into a different... made it more about like the heart of what they were doing and sort of re- redrawing the lines of engagement, which often happens when your plan doesn't first succeed. Yeah. So, 
And I felt like Cassandra kind of, like, I think taking over Rachel is kind of like her throwing a fit. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, oh, you guys messed up my toys. Um, uh, it's just a, a petty, like, petulant, um, I'm going to send Rachel after you now because that will really hurt you. <laughs> and, and to be fair, this is, now we find out who it was that she implanted so uh, so many issues ago. Like the person she silently... Because she did more than just Storm in that issue. There was two people that right. yeah. she went to. I think we knew it was we Rachel. Who, oh, was it Rachel? Well, yeah, well, we, yeah. we, now we, we still don't know who's not the real mutant, though. We still have to figure true. that out. So That'd there there's some nice character moments here. Um... Like the Gabby moments are great, and I understand the part about unity. But I think what I'm missing is the f- the first arc was about more than just fighting superheroes. Well, this feels like falling back onto there's a villain that we need to fight punch wise, and I I just wanted this book to be about a little bit more than than a supervillain, and it doesn't it doesn't really feel like it. Like the the promise of that first arc was this is this is important on a social level on a on a community level, but now it's it's just well, there's this evil plan we have to stop. Unfortunately, uh, uses what... the power of the trolls. Yes, which was kind of funny. In a way yeah, of I'm not sure that really worked for me. Um, I get I get what Taylor's trying to say. I think it's a, a valid commentary, but I don't know. And and remember like I'm the hippy dippy guy I, I'm the one that believes in the power of love and all that but um I just don't know it, it, the end of it seemed a little too easy yeah I think it's because yeah what it felt to me was um someone's put their fingers into it and mm-hmm. therefore they've had to do a lot of things to maybe change the arc because if red is uh, I hope it's not long for the world but if it is going to end I think it's like a Kind of like what happened to Iceman, where everything seemed to weirdly shift a gear. Yeah. Um, I feel like that's what's happened, because you can't do anything anymore. Like, once you've revealed Cassandra Nova as the villain, as, like, like to the world, um, and now she's gone full-on megalomaniac, let's go murder more people, I think all you can do is fight her now, which I f- probably would have been the end phase anyway, but I feel like maybe they're rushing to a conclusion. Yeah, I feel like we we missed the foreplay. We went straight into the uh, insertion here. <laughs> anyway, wow. Jason, do we do we? How are we on time? I feel like we're spending maybe too much time on this. Yeah, oh uh, yeah, we should probably move a little bit. Um, so I guess to summarize my point, I agree with Dan. I feel like the art is stronger in eight than it is in seven. Um, and yeah, um. And right in between, I want you guys talking one way or the other. I'm between a four and a five on these. So, sounds like, Georgie, you're probably going to be a little below that. Yeah, I'm going to give seven a, uh, a three. And, uh, boy, uh, it's a better issue, but I'm also, I think I'm going to give that a three as well. I'm, I'm, in, a, okay. I'm in a tough mood this week. <laughs> no problem. Dan, where are you going to land on seven and eight? Um, three and a high four, because I don't think it things to a five. Okay. Well, now I'll go straight fours. Um, I'm, I'm good with that. Okay. Well, more... Let's do some more colors dying. Um, <laughs> so, X-Men Gold and X-Men Blue come to an end. Um, X, both with issue 36. Um, X-Men Gold, number 36, is uh, feared and hated. 
written by Mark Guggenheim, art by Pere Perez, colors by J. David Ramos, letters by VCs Corey Pettit, Woo-hoo. and cover by Phil Noto. And on the cover, we have Kitty walking through the creative <laughs> uh, graveyard of the X-Men, and she's just kind of walking. So there you go. Um, and in, oh, real fast, I did want to mention in X-Men Red, I love the way that she draws Nightcrawler. So, um, yes. so back to gold. Um, I'm sorry, I just saw this first page of Nightcrawler, not with a beard. And I was like, oh, man. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so Kitty tries to, in the part of the issue that I actually kind of enjoyed, Kitty tries to call Colossus and leaves him a, a vague... I don't know what I'm doing here, voicemail, which seemed kind of very realistic to me. Um, then we go back to the danger room where Kurt and Kitty have an awkward conversation uh, where Kurt gets friend-zoned. Um, then Storm and Kitty talk about how futile being the X-Men is. And then they meet a new guy who blows stuff up. And Kitty is able to... Almost talk him down, but then some guy with a gun shoots him. Uh, she gets really upset, but then we see how much damage he caused. They take him to the hospital where the doctors argue about whether to treat him or not. Um, ultimately, the doctor says, no, he's like a time bomb. I can't do it. And then another doctor comes in and says, it doesn't matter. We got to try to save him. And then we find out she was a doctor that originally hated Kitty. But she's been watching the X-Men, and so now she likes her. And then I'm going to try to save the kid. And we don't get any resolution as the X-Men and gold is done. And dedicated to Chris Claremont. God, even I, even I would, if I was Chris Claremont, I'd be like, take that off. <laughs> yeah. Oh, the one part that kind of, uh, I guess is worth bringing up is Kitty is like, well, if you're not gonna, if the doctor's not gonna help him, then Rachel, you're gonna make the doctor help him. I yeah, take, which <laughs> I did not like. Yeah. Um, I thought the art was fine. It's very Professor Xavier of her. Yeah, um, it was. At least you know. Yeah, I I don't know. My I seem to have lost this issue somehow. Uh, <laughs> Like honestly, I like I remember reading it, but looking at my, my books here, it's like it's gone. So I don't know. I can't like go back and review. All I remember is really disliking the portrayal of Kitty again, and then being uh-huh. like, "And we're done." And it's like, yeah. "Oh, okay. I guess we're done now." Yeah. No, it ends very. I'm, I think I'm it's supposed you, to be open ended, but whatever. Open ended. Oh my goodness! What despair. Anyway, um, I like the art like you did, Jason. I thought it was quite nice. I think the art on gold has actually been quite nice the last couple of issues. But yeah, this it's a, a shame. This, <laughs> this is like, it, it, like sum ups all of his run. It's shooting for something that he will never truly achieve, as a, a you know, which is imitating other people um, with, with social commentary and messages, and he just falls at every hurdle. And having having Rachel say force, I forgot to uh, force him. No, okay, we'll just sit here then. Um, just. <laughs> It's the X-Men. We're not reading, like, the dark, dark X-Men or whatever. <laughs> We're right. supposed to be reading, like... It's called Hated and Feared, and the whole point was, what, to, like, say that they're not hated and feared? To, like, give us, like, a happy... Re- uh, whatever. <laughs> you know, I'm going to rename X-Men Gold as uh, X-Men New 52. 
And Rachel has my reaction where she's like, Kitty, Kitty. Yeah. <laughs> Kitty, come on. <laughs> and I'm kind of like, Guggenheim, come on. <laughs> I don't think the just left. You you said that that he would never achieve what he's trying to achieve, which was imitating people. But I think he did a great job of imitating them. Uh, he just like was bad. <laughs> bad. Yeah. Dedicated Claremont feels like an insult. I know. Especially <laughs> on the page where everyone's crying because someone's still in surgery. I'm like, well, come on. You're not even yeah. going to give us a resolution. I don't no, care. I don't care the whole nam- like the idea of like you know life isn't so clean cut, however, which is like a weird message he's trying to put through the whole book because he always does those weird reveals of like like with the kid who has exploded stuff and got shot, and then all of a sudden it reveals that he's like killed loads of people, or like early on where uh, Kerr gets night like friend zone to only be revealed that they're still great friends. It's like it's kind of a weird cutaways. I don't know. It's, it's a bad book. Hmm. So, reading the, uh, I read both of the kind of going away letters from the writers. Um, so, Guggenheim feels like his whole run was a tribute to Uncanny X Men 139. <laughs> so, there you go. <laughs> okay. Which, that's, uh, that's Dark Phoenix, right? Am I remembering right? I think so, yeah. Yeah. That's a weird thing yeah. to tribute. Yeah, well, it's his favorite story. So great, to you didn't ca- do anything about related to that at all. <laughs> he wanted to, to capture the magic of of X Men One Thirty Nine. Let me pull that up real fast on my phone here. He captured something. Sure, something we. Oh, that's that's funny. That's the first Uncanny issue I ever got. It's the one where uh, Kitty joins the X Men. That makes uh-huh. this whole run feel really weird. Oh, no. <laughs> Kenny joined so, the X-Men, so I'm going to crucify Kenny. On, yeah. Oh, gosh. Is it, it's yeah. the issue where she shows up and, and they're at Jean's funeral? Not... No, but they talk about it a little bit. Um, it's literally where she... She joins the issue, joins the team. She's in the danger room. It's a really nice John okay. Byrne sequence, and then Logan runs off to fight Wendigo. Okay, so and it's after that. Ex- okay. Yeah. Interesting. Well, I'm sorry, but I did not feel even a spark of that in this run. So I, I feel bad for. I feel after reading Colin Bunn's letter, I was kind of like, oh, maybe he actually really wanted to do. Oh, like I have I have things to say about Colin Bunn's letter. <laughs> right, so let's let's rate um let's rate gold. Um, I want to give it three because of the art, but I can't. So I'm going to give it two out of six claws. Uh, three for the art and negative one for the writing. <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll go with it. I'll, I'll I'll have those maths. I'll go with that too. <laughs> I'm going to give it a Viking funeral, uh, which is to say that I'm just glad it's gone and let's shoot a Light flaming... On fire thrown in the lake. All yep, right. yep. Gotcha. That's what it gets. All right, so on to the last issue of Blue, uh, Surviving the Experience, <coughs> excuse me, the conclusion. Written by Colin Bunn, art by Marcus Toe, colors by Matt Mia, letters by VCs Joe Caramania, the cover by R.B. Silva and Matt Mia, which I like a lot. It's young Cyclops making a very Cyclopsian pose with his hands above his head in an X in a dark background. I think it's a great cover, and he's scowling. <laughs> uh, what do you guys think of this cover? 
I love it. It's almost as if he's mourning his time on the book. Yeah, um, yeah. No, I, I, I love the, I love the mim- mimicry of like Bendis's revolutionary Cyclops, but it's all like sad. Yeah. <laughs> right. All right. So here in this issue, the X Men original five talk about how we have to go back. It's time. Uh, Bloodstorm's still alive. Yeah. Bloodstorm hasn't died yet. Keep that in mind. Um, they fight. So basically, they just go and, and check off all of Colin Bunn's stories. Um, there's Mojo World, and they fight some ex babies. I actually really love Baby Sabretooth um, <laughs> in this little <laughs> section. Um, then Cyclops talks to his dad. And this is the best few pages of the book. For sure. Where, where Scott's like, I won't remember any of this, but Corsair and Hepzibah are like, but we will. And it happened. I thought that was very poignant. Um, then we go back to Magipur, where Polaris is going to start a school for the Patch Club. Um, that part was not bad. That was okay. Um, then they go back to visit the gold team. And they say, can we bring the Mother Vine kids here? And Kenny's like, well, yeah, if you have to. And Jean's like, but that's what the school does, right? And she's like, well, yeah, it should be, but if you have to. Um, <laughs> then Pickles. Storm's in her old costume. Yeah. Storm's in her old costume. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, she is. She's in her gold costume. And so, um, so prior to X-Men Red. Um so, yeah, figure all this out, right? Um, and then uh, Pickles gets banished to Banff World. Um, and then, remember, Bloodstorm is still alive. And in issue one of Extermination, Scott's all about Bloodstorm. But in this issue, yeah. Scott and Jason kiss. Sebastian Shaw, doing his best Jason Weingart impersonation, is going to break it up. But remember uh, that Venom Wolverine guy? Um, he shows up and wraps Sebastian Shaw up in a cocoon of silk or something and says, they've earned this kiss that they've had coming in every reality ever. Um, it's their right, Jason. Yeah, it's their right. Right to kiss. I, You know, guys, I do want to say I support the right to kiss. Um, I don't care what Trump says. <laughs> um, <laughs> but anyway, uh, then we see a newsflash of Magneto after the last story arc. Back to his more aggressive ways with uh, Exodus, Marrow, and Toad. And Gene says, we're going home, but not yet, bitches. And um, I actually really like the last page. Um, so I adore the art. I, I think I said uh, about the last couple issues of Blue, kind of hang on, but Marcus Toe is welcome on my X-Books anytime. I thought he did a great job. Um, the story was fine there's really good moments in it um but i want to get to the letters page or the the end of the letter because there's something that came out in this that i thought was really telling where colin bunn says x-men blue was originally only supposed to be 18 issues but we went 36 and i i didn't have time maybe i'll do it before the next episode i bet you could pull an 18 issue run out of this book that's actually pretty good but 36 just was too much to, to keep that up, I guess. Well, it sounds like he had enough story for 18 issues, and they were like, yeah. well, it's selling, so uh, like, keep, like, keep right. going. I, I, think it's more, I feel like maybe also it's like, well, we have to tie into Secret Empire, and we have to tie into this, and right. now we're doing like a Poison crossover for yeah. no reason. 
Nope. I, yeah, I'm pretty sure you could pull 18 good issues, but... Um, excuse me. This one just felt kind of... I mean, it has good moments. It has good moments in wrapping up their time here. Um, it doesn't really seem to flow into extermination at all. No. Um, it and actually maybe goes in a better direction than extermination. And so it gets some yeah. points for me for that. Um, right, any any brief comments, then we'll just go ahead and grade it. I like the idea really, of, the, of the original X-Men being like, like coming to the realization themselves that we have to go back and oh. like maturing. Like that's a, right. that's a nice character moment. You know I like what? this one and, and the last one as well because I think they're yeah. really good. I agree. I agree. You know what? Um, so Brisson addressed because Angel asked the question like, oh, when we go back, what's going to happen to my wings? And so Extermination answers that. I think in issue five of Extermination, <laughs> what needs to happen is the, the original five go up to Kid Cable and be like, hey, you know what? Uh, actually, yesterday we were talking about going home, so you don't have to do any of this. And he's like, oh, really? Okay, sorry. <laughs> That's how I want extermination to end. Is Kid Cable going? Oh, my bad. <laughs> and then they go home by themselves. <laughs> but as far as this issue goes, I will actually give it a four out of six claws. I felt like it was a decent ending and had some really nice character moments. And that Cyclops Corsair, those pages were those are six claws. And then the rest of the book kind of averages out. What do you think, Dan? Um, me first. Um, right. Um, I quite liked it. I'm, I'm going to give it four because I, I feel like it was an actual ending and it felt like one that was weirdly deserved, even though it was all like, tie up the loose ends. I must not leave anything laying on the floor. <laughs> right. I must put everything back to where it was. But I actually kind of... And the art's really nice. It reminds me of, like, Doc Shana um, in places as well. So... Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, that's it. I'm done. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> um, th- there have been issues of this run that the artwork has been really nice. Um, so I'm glad to see it went off on a high note that way. It does feel a lot like tying up loose ends, um, which is kind of like meh. But uh, as I mentioned, I like the, the idea that they came to their own decision that, hey, we should, we should probably go back. And the, the Corsair uh, pages, like you mentioned, Jason, were, were wonderful. So I'm going to give this a four. All right, because it's weird. Because yeah, like in the last two issues, it managed to basically bring back a lot more um, goodwill um, than I expected. Because like I thought last issue was really powerful, where Bobby talks about having to like sort of he's like it's all right, guys, I'll figure out someday. Because you know him having to have his entire personality put back in a box, right? Um, <laughs> and I thought it was quite it's quite an interesting moment. Um, and Dunver handled not very well, but handled well enough to not be offensive. So um, it's always a plus sign. All right, very good. Well, that is the end of the X X Men Rainbow. There's only one color left. Well, no, we get a new color next week with black. So we'll we'll go from blue and gold to red and black for a few weeks. Um, all right. So real fast, uh, you have to kind of. I'm going to move this along a little bit. Uh, Weapon X number 23, which is not Weapon X 23. <laughs> That's a different thing. Um, <laughs> is Weapon X Force Part 2, written by Greg Pak and Fred Van Winty. Art by Yodre Sinar. 
Colors by Frank DiAmarta. Letters by VCs Joe Caramagna. And cover by Raza. Uh, this is my favorite Raza cover of his little run. It's got Deadpool uh, trying to decapitate Sabretooth, but also giving him a piggyback ride. Um, <laughs> it's fun. Um, all right, so our weapon X-Force are trying to save Monet from this cult, but it turns out the cult hired Deadpool. Um, actually kind of like Greg Pax Deadpool a little bit. Um, some nice fun little little quippage going on here. It's a nice action. I thought the art was a little better this issue. Um, then Omega Red shows... Oh, no, he's there. Sorry. Um, I forgot he was on the team for a second. Um, I was actually kind of having fun with this issue until the very end reveal where it's Cyborg Striker. And I was kind of like, oh, okay, this again. Um, and then, of course, he captures everybody and to be continued... But I did think the art was a step up, and until the last couple of pages, I was having fun. Uh, what do you guys think? I still think um, the writing is much better than the art, but you're right, it's not too bad. It wasn't too bad. It seemed to have a little more action to it than the previous issue. The action seemed to move a little bit more, and I felt like last time it was really stiff. Yeah, bit much. I didn't read this issue. I kind of gave up on this book, so I'll just let you guys right. handle it. Fair yeah. enough. All right. Well, Dan, I'm going to give it, um, man, I was riding along at a four until those last couple of pages. Um, I think I'll go three out of six claws. I think I'm going to join you with three, because much like you, I saw Cyborg Striker and I was like, <sighs> <laughs> So... All right. Well, very cool. All right. So we're going to go rapid fire on a little stack of books here. Um, and we won't even do claw ratings. We're just going to mention what's going on, a couple of thoughts each, and give a thumbs up, thumbs sideways, or thumbs down. So you guys ready? Yo. Okay. <laughs> well, Damn, Georgie, I'm a firm believer in no means no, but I'm going to make you do it anyway. Um, <laughs> wow, so, what? I said yo, I didn't say no, I said yo. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> You've been so negative, you just assumed it was a no. I did, yeah. <laughs> the precedent was set. Um, <laughs> all right, so astonishing X-Men number 15. Is our team still coming together? Uh, and now they're going to join the Reavers. I totally uh, forgot it even was released. Yeah. All right. Thumbs down, so, then. Right, Thumbs down. Dan. All right. Georgie. Um, I, I feel like I had some coaching points to make last night, but uh, uh, this is a thumbs down for me as well. All right. Thumbs sideways for me. I thought the art was all right, and the writing was all right. All right. Mr. and Mrs. X, number two and three. Uh, Deadpool's in space on the honeymoon in space. Oh, by the way, uh, my very first band, like back in the early '90s, we had a song called "Honeymoon in Space." So I you gonna say Deadpool in space. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, um, so they fight. The egg turns out to be naked baby rogue. Oh no, not really. It's the uh, love child of Professor X and Lalandra, and of course the Shi'ar rebellion wants it so they can have legitimacy and the Shi'ar Empire wants it so they can crush the rebellion and Rogue and Gambit are stuck in the middle trying to protect it um, I thought the art and 
writing on both of these books was both touching and adorable and action-packed. I give both of these way thumbs up. Uh, issue two, I didn't like as much as issue three, the first read through, but reading through it again last night, I really enjoyed both issues. Uh, high praise to everyone involved. Two thumbs up. Well, um, I'm trying to think of how, which one was which. The first one I enjoyed a lot, so thumbs up. The second one, I really liked the sequence where they're running through the corridors, but I really just yeah. didn't, didn't um, connect with it all. So thumbs sideways, because it's not bad. I just had a disconnect. All right. Fair enough. That brings us to two issues of Domino. Issue number six and annual number one. I thought issue number six was a very strong ending to the Domino first story, um, where basically she uh, finds a way to defeat uh, Topaz um, by channeling her training from Shang-Chi to make her luck a little more intentional, kind of make, make her own luck to a degree, um, and she drops, or no, uh, Crazy Inez drops like a Quinjet on the bad guy. And then, um, yeah, kind of, kind of ends in a in a decent place. So, um, I think annual was visually interesting, but didn't care as much about the story until, except for the support group. I thought that was fun. Huh? What do you guys have to say about Domino's six and annual one? I I enjoyed them both. Um, I quite, I love the support group. Thing moment that was just hilarious. Um, so I suppose I'd give them both thumbs up. I I, I really liked issue six. I thought the the ending they didn't like firmly stick the landing, but uh, it was it was a nice nice ending. Um, the annual I thought was kind of difficult to tell who was involved with what, and a little bit difficult to understand what was happening because it would cut away to other stories and cut back. Um, so that's uh, the thumb sideways. I'm with you, Georgie. Uh, thumbs up on the, the number six and thumbs sideways on the annual. All right. And last, but certainly not least, um, the new Iceman number one. Um, the first issue of a cool new era. Um, I was really excited to see this come back. And then we kind of had some worry about the art team. And I got to say, I was right. <laughs> At least as far as my own enjoyment of the book. I really enjoyed the book. I really did not... I didn't hate the artwork, but I didn't really like it that much either. It's not really for me. Yeah, it, it came across as like a, a mid-tier indie book. If I may, like, visually. Is that, that's, not an eff- that's not being offensive to mid-tier indie books. I just felt like it really like sort of um, didn't really go with the script. Yeah, it didn't match. Um, That's a good a good analysis. Because like um, the script's really quite um, sort of X Men, and the art's really not. <laughs> so I was kind of like, <laughs> I was like, it's a bit weird. But I'm still gonna give it. I'm still gonna give it a, a, a tentative thumbs up because I really, really, really enjoyed the story, and I loved him and Iceman and, and Bishop together. It was funny, so. Yeah, I think Grace was still uh, excellent at writing Bobby, putting him in different situations. Uh, it's going to be great to see what he does with um, the White Queen moving forward. Um, yeah. But artwork-wise, uh, as you guys mentioned, it didn't really match, and it just felt like 
didn't feel very dynamic. Like Iceman is a, a guy with a lot of fun powers, and this just felt like it felt like someone who's still trying to figure out their art style. So um, yeah, I'm gonna give this a thumb sideways, uh, but uh, I, I do love Grace writing this character. Yeah, I'm gonna give it a shaky thumb. Where I'm moving it up and down <laughs> between sideways and up, it's kind of, it's kind of going back and forth because I way thumbs up on the the writing, thumbs down on the art. And I, you could say that averages out to a thumb sideways, but I think the writing was a little bit stronger than my distaste for the art. So I'm kind of just in between. You know, it's kind of flaky, but um, hey, it's my podcast, so. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so yeah, uh, but I would love to hear what anybody else thinks of these uh, plethora of books we covered today. So feel free to uh, write in and agree with us, disagree with us, tell us we're awesome, tell us we're stupid. When, I mean, well, maybe not. That's kind of mean. But, um, you know, whatever. Um, so yeah, so uh, sorry we kind of have to, to rush off a little bit here at the end. But um, just thanks again, guys, for coming on. And why don't you tell people a little bit more about Excaliburus. Well, you can find us um, everywhere if you just go into Google and type Excalibur's, but mainly go through Twitter because Excalibur, at Excalibur's one is our Twitter handle and on Twitter has a link to our Podbean and you can hear us on iTunes and one Stitcher. Um, all you have to do is type in Excalibur's and it should be everywhere. Yep. Um, we also had a guest on our last podcast, a friend Pierce. Uh, who, he was really fun, by the way. Yeah. He has a lot of great insights because he, he interned for Marvel and He's been, you know, reviewing for for a number of years now, so it was a it was a fun time. Very cool. All right. Well, as usual for the podcast that goes snicked here, you can like the Facebook page, uh, Twitter account is at snickcast, and show notes as they are are on a uh, snickcast.podbean.com. And um, yeah, that's about it. So uh, we will try to. To get back to the X books a little bit quicker this time, so there's not quite so many to go through, we take a little more time. Well, there's not going to um, be that many for us to go through anymore, right? <laughs> true, true. Just a weekly uncanny book. <laughs> oh God, yeah. Oh wait, never mind. <laughs> but um, I'll, I'm going to review the Tom, the Thompson ones. Uh, I've said it right now. There you go. So, hey, Mister or Mrs. X is. At least right now, like just open ended, right? It's not a miniseries or anything, is it? As far yeah, as it's I just know. open ended. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Hope it goes for a while. All right. Cool. All right. Well, everybody, um, thanks for listening. Um, you know, I'll see you until we get to episode 600. <laughs> wow. That's a firm commitment for another 300 episodes from Jason. <laughs> you heard it here. You heard it here first. <laughs> so anyway, uh, yeah. Until next time, um, hugs and snicks, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye. And snacked. <laughs>